We started a meeting on Sunday mornings, uh, Sunday afternoons in Europe, uh, one year ago. Uh, this this sitting, this class has been has been transpiring for a year, uh, as of this week. Uh, it's been a difficult year. It's been a challenging year. Uh, I'm really grateful. Uh, for the opportunity to spend these these Sundays uh, with you all, uh, uh, to to support me, uh, and grateful that we've had this opportunity to be able to support each other, to be here with each other, uh, to to talk about the Dharma, to uh, to uh, be able to be Dharma students in this time. One of the things that I've always learned as a Dharma student over the over the decades, uh, uh, when things are difficult, when things are challenging, is to is to try to make it a learning experience. Uh, sometimes that sounds a little trite, perhaps. Uh, well, this is really difficult. Uh, make it a learning experience, uh, but it's really uh, and. Uh, uh, way of relating to my experience when it's difficult that's always served me uh, to make it a learning experience in terms of you know what the Dharma has to teach me you know what the Dharma has to teach me and tells me uh, uh, that can support me during this time uh, I think over the last year for myself I learned a lot you know I learned a lot and uh, you know, oftentimes in times of difficulty, uh, is when we do learn the most, right? Even though uh, we'd sort of rather not have those opportunities for learning, uh, you know. And I don't, I don't even want to uh, say well what I've learned more than anything else. But I think one of the things that I've learned that's been most profound is uh, something that's very simple, which is to 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 look to the present moment, to look to the present moment to really pay attention to the present moment and to understand uh, you know, what the present moment has to offer. Uh, so a lot of this process and what we've learned, of course, about looking to the present moment has to do with uh, relating to what is going on when we're not being present, right? Dharma practice is often a subtraction practice where uh, we get to the present moment by seeing when we're not being present. But we really need to do both. We need to see what we're not being present, and we need to learn how to be present. We need to learn to attend to the present moment. And part of that process of attending to the present moment ultimately entails understanding, understanding uh, uh, the... Uh, you know, benefits of the present moment. It's, it's something greater than benefits, understanding what the present moment uh, offers to us, uh, which is something that, you know, it's, it, it's really hard to understand unless we uh, really pay attention, you know, and I think over the past year, uh, I've been forced to pay more attention to the present moment by the circumstances, uh, uh, the sense of urgency, uh, and have learned uh, about the present moment in, in ways that I didn't understand before. But again, oftentimes it begins with uh, 
learning to uh, see or uh, being mindful of when we're not being present. So uh, seeing when we're thinking about the past, thinking about the future, uh, paying attention to the thinking, asking if the thinking is useful. Uh, it means uh, being aware of when we are thrown out of the present moment, uh, when we get caught uh, in the difficult emotions, if it's the anxiety or the fear or the uncertainty that we felt over the over the past year. So to see when we are uh, 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 finding ourselves a good distance from the present moment, lost in different emotions, lost in thought. I think part of that process uh, for me uh, in terms of seeing uh, when I'm lost and why I'm lost and what I need to do to, to, to find the present moment uh, and what's taking me out of the present moment is uh, seeing this wanting uh, things to be different or wanting to get something from the world and being able to let go of that. You know, part of that might be you know, letting go of the thinking about what I might have gotten from the world in the past. You know, in the past I had these different pleasures and I could do this and I could do that uh, and I could hang out with these people and I could go here and I could do that thing and, uh, and now I can't. Uh, so, uh, you know, learning to let go of those thoughts and seeing those thoughts and, and uh, seeing uh, that those thoughts were not so useful. And, and I think that also applies to not only thinking about the past and what I might have had in the past and what I might have gotten from the world in the past, but what I want right now. Well, I want something to be a certain way right now and I don't have it. Or thinking about the future. You know, well, right now I don't have the things that I want and I can't do the things that I want to do, but I'm going to do those things in the future. And I'll be happy in the future when I can do those things and when I'm able to have those things that I don't have right now. What I think I've learned so much, uh, and, you know, this is the part of the process that we all go through, is... Uh, not to look so much to the world for my happiness, right? Not to look so much to the world for ha happiness. When we talk about the world, we're talking about, you know, the worldly happinesses that come from the different sense pleasures and sense experiences and come from uh, the different possessions and the material things and from status and, and praise and what we sometimes call the vicissitudes of life, the things of the world. So what I've learned over the past year, you know, and of course this is a process that we all engage in as Dharma students, is, uh, is to see the drawbacks and looking to the world for happiness. And, and, and you know, gradually, little by slowly, uh, looking less to the world for happiness, not looking outside of myself. You know, not looking outside of myself is another way of putting it. Our tendency is to look outside of ourselves for happiness. You know, that person is going to bring me happiness, that thing, that job, 
you know, my team wins, you know, the World Series, I'll be happy. Uh, if you tend to think on th things on a quite prosaic level, as I often do, uh, you know, uh, I'll watch this sh show tonight and I'll be happy, you know, you know. So, you know, we learn not to look so much to the world or things outside of ourselves. It's another way of thinking about it. Not to look so much to things outside of ourselves. And I think, uh, you know, this year really, as I've kind of said, forced me to look more within. To, to look more within. Well, you know, the world offers a very limited and temporary happiness. Uh, and, uh, you know, beginning to understand that in a way that I hadn't perhaps understood it quite in the past and, you know, beginning to ask more. So I think this year was a year of asking more, can I find happiness inside? Can I find happiness inside? You know, I mean, that's what the Buddhist teachings tell us is that we find happiness inside, you know, and it sounds good. But, you know, the world can be so attractive and it's like, but you don't understand there's so many things out there that, you know, that are that are so shiny and sparkly and, and so attractive. And I want to find happiness in those things. So, so the pull of the world and the things of the world and the different sense experiences uh, is so strong that it's hard to look inside. But, but, but you don't understand. And the Buddha said it's easier. You know, it's easier to look outside of ourselves than to look inside of ourselves. Uh, but I think this was a year of, of you know, uh, because of the circumstances, uh, to look more within, to look more within, and to see if I could find happiness within. And again, this is our practice, to look to the present moment, to find happiness in the present moment to find happiness inside, in the body and in the heart, to find happiness inside, in the body and in the heart. I mean, this is where the Buddha said, we find happiness inside. We may know that story of the, the Deva, uh, Rohitasa, the Skywalker, who was able to travel all throughout the cosmos, you know, and came to the Buddha and said, I've traveled everywhere, throughout all the cosmos and the universes, in search of happiness, and, and, and you know what? I can't find it. You know, what's going on here? And the Buddha said, the only place where you can find happiness is within. You find happiness, you could travel all over the cosmos. This is sort of what we do, but you ultimately you find happiness within yourself. He said, within this fathom-long body is where we find happiness. You know, and this, of course, was, was the Buddha's story, right? He understood uh, that uh, the happinesses that he had uh, as a young prince were, were limited uh, and he wanted to see if he could find uh, a greater happiness. And ultimately he found that happiness within. So I think, you know, for myself this year, uh, I learned to look more to the moment, you know, far from perfect, perfect but learn to look more to the moment. Uh, and, uh, you know, that process, of course, is, is, you know, it sounds simple. In many ways, it's really simple, but to be able to achieve that kind of simplicity, right? What did T.S. Eliot 
say, you know, a condition of complete simplicity costing not less than everything, and all shall be well. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, part of it, part of that process, of course, is learning how to do that. So I think one of the things that I learned this year was more about how to do that, how to look to the moment. Uh, and I think I learned that I can do that, you know? I think I learned that I can do that in a way that I didn't realize that I could or didn't know how to do in the past. And I learned more and more. Wisdom is something that we, we develop, right? Wisdom is something that we develop. It's a process. Uh, so I learned more and more that, yes, happiness is found in the present moment. It is found inside. You know, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I think I knew that to some extent, but to a large extent, it was just, uh, you know, it was something I read in books or it sounded really good in Dharma talks. It sounded really good and exciting in Dharma talks, but really learning that, yeah, it really is inside. You know, we don't really know that unless we make that effort and look within and we find that happiness is inside. The Buddha was once asked uh, after he gave a Dharma talk, maybe some of you will ask this today, but probably not because I'm going to give the answer uh, now. But uh, the Buddha was once asked after he gave a Dharma talk, he was asked, why are you, oh, you and your monks and, you know, all the disciples, why is everybody so happy all the time? Why are they always laughing and smiling and they seem so joyful? You know, what's going on here? And the Buddha said, well, they're happy because they no longer uh, dwell in thoughts of the past and brood over the future. They maintain themselves in the present moment. They maintain themselves in the present moment. So, you know, part of this process of looking to the present moment is seeing, again, as I said, when we're not in the present moment, seeing when we're thinking about the past, when we're thinking about the future, and really questioning that. You know, really questioning that. I mean, the questioning is so important, is so important. Uh, is this useful, right? I mean, is this useful is the question that we generally suggest asking. Uh, what that really means, or part of what it means, is, is this thinking causing suffering? You know, I mean, ultimately, that's what it means. Is this thinking causing suffering? And when I would see myself thinking about the future and, oh, I'm going to have this or I'm going to do that in the future or thinking about the past, I had this in the past, and I asked that question, I could see the suffering there. And that was so, that's so critical because it's one thing to say, okay, there's those thoughts back to the breath as you're, and this is about as you're going through your day, but it's another thing to kind of be able to pause with some equanimity and look at those thoughts and like, what's going on with this thinking? You know, and to see the pain and the thinking, and to see the suffering and the thinking, you know, uh, and you know, and to have compassion, and out of compassion to say, let me put my mind in a better place, because there's so much suffering in this thinking about the future. Right? We've talked a lot about paying attention to the different emotions that have arisen for us over the past year. Uh, you know, those emotions arise, they're very strong, they give rise to the stories, and there's so much suffering there. And, uh, you know, what we've talked a lot about is this, this process of bringing awareness, what I've, the acronym that I've been suggesting, ABC, 
bring awareness. Okay, there's fear, there's uncertainty, there's anger, whatever is there to bring awareness to that, to bring awareness to that. And the awareness creates a relationship to it where there's some space. So we can begin to unhook from it just by bringing awareness to it as a felt sense in the body. You know, and if there's enough space, there's some wisdom there, you know, where we can see, okay, this is what it's like when I have some space and then I have the ability to have space from that. And when I have some space from it, there's some peace. So to bring awareness to what is arising for us that's painful, but then the B is so important, right? To go to the breath yeah, and then to have compassion. But, you know, the breath is how we anchor. So it's, it's one thing to bring awareness to what's arising for you in terms of the different emotions that you might be feeling and the thoughts that may be coming out of that, those emotions, but then you need to do something with the mind, you know? We need a home for the mind, a place to put the mind. That's why the B is so important. The B is so important in ABC, you know, to be aware of what's there, but then to be able to come to the breath. You know, the breath is a refuge. The breath is a refuge in the present moment where we come out of that emotional state, out of the head, out of the thinking, and to the body. This is how we come to the breath. The breath is the breath is what grounds us and centers us in the present moment. You know, and if the breath is strong enough, then we can keep the attention there, uh, regardless of what's happening around us, you know, in terms of the mind and the emotions. So the breath is how we how we find the present moment. The breath is what anchors us in the present moment. The breath is what brings us to the present moment. You know? So we, this is one of the things that I think is the, one of the first things is that we have to start to see is that what's it like when we're not in the present moment? What's it like when we're in the emotional state? What's it like when we're in the thinking about the past and the future? And then what's it like when I'm in the present moment, when I'm with the breath, to start to see, well, can I do that? Can I separate myself from those painful feelings and emotions and thoughts and come to the present moment? Can I do that? How do I do that? Can I stay here in the present moment? What's it like here in the present moment? What's it like here in the present moment? Now, when we come to the present moment by using the breath as our, as our home in the present moment, uh, we ultimately need to be able to shape an experience of the present moment. So in the Buddhist practice, it's a practice about being present, but also shaping our experience of the present moment. So what we learn to do, of course, and this is really critical in terms of being able to establish ourselves in the present moment, is to be able to uh, cultivate an experience of being present that's easeful and pleasurable. So that's what we're learning to do in the breath meditation. Can I cultivate an easeful breath, an easeful and pleasurable abiding in the body? So, okay, this is a good place to be. This is a good home for the mind. So, uh, you know, so you have some comparison and contrast. Okay, this is what it's like when I'm out there. This is what it's like when I'm with the breath, you know? And uh, we shape an experience of the present where there's calmness. So instead of being in those thoughts, you know, the, the antithesis of calmness is being involved in thinking, caught in thinking. That's the agitated state or the non-calm state. So the more we can come to the breath, the more we begin to experience calmness, stillness, peace. Calmness, stillness, peace. 
You know, peace is sometimes a hard sell, right? You know, stillness is a hard sell. Calmness is a hard sell in a very shiny and sparkly and flashy culture, you know, where, where the happinesses that the world offers are, are loud and ostentatious and, and oftentimes exciting and whatever. The Buddha's happiness is the happiness, the greatest happiness, the Buddha said, is peace, stillness. So the more we come to the present moment, the more you begin to experience ease and pleasure, calmness and peace, we begin to start to see this, this is pretty good. You know, peace is a pretty good thing. You know, it's a really hard thing to understand unless we come to the present moment more and begin to uh, pay really close attention and be able to have an abiding in the present moment. It's peaceful. We really begin to understand uh, what that's like and, 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 and the benefits of that and the happiness that, that, that there is when there is peace. Uh, the only way, you know, it's a hard sell. It's like it's hard for me to tell you that, you know. You have to see that. And I think that's one of the things that, for me, I really learned over the last year, more so than ever, uh, was that that, that that is a place of happiness. That is a place of happiness, you know? So, you know, it starts off with, you know, somebody like me telling you that, but you have to see it for yourself. You have to see it for yourself. And then you can see that it's a better, you know, gradually you see that this is a better place to be. This is a better place to be. And you start doing, I mean, to me, I, you know, a very simple way of understanding what wisdom is, it's comparison and contrast. What's it like when I'm in those thoughts? about the pandemic and the future, et cetera, et cetera. What's it like when I'm with the breath? What's that quality of peace? You know, and beginning to do that kind of comparison and contrast. You know, I always say with, in the present moment, we're trying to build a good home for the mind with the breath. Uh, and that's another one of those concepts that always sounded so, so good for me. I think over this last year, uh, Again, you know, I've learned more and more about uh, what it means when the breath is a home for the mind. It is a home for the mind. Uh, I think, I don't know if it's just because, in part, uh, because I've felt kind of homeless over the last year. Uh, I mean, I moved from another country uh, back to the U.S., uh, living in a place that doesn't really feel like home, it's temporary. A pretty clear sense of that. Uh, can't really connect in person with friends or family, uh, you know. So you know, uh, those external uh, representations of home have been less available to me. So uh, can I find that home within, you know, a place for the mind within, you know, uh, and it's there. You know, and it's there, and it's comfortable, and it's peaceful. So we shape our experience of, 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 of the present moment by making the breath easeful, to have a pleasurable abiding in the body, to know calmness and peace. I mean, I always just wanted a, a peaceful home, right? You know, uh, a peaceful home. And uh, that's there within, you know, that's there within. I don't know that I've ever found that externally. I mean, I grew up in a house with five kids, you know? You know, and it was pretty crazy, you know, just in general. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, but there's that place of peace within. 
so we shape this experience of the present moment. Uh, and when we're able to kind of stay with the breath, with equanimity, you know, with some, some space, uh, then we begin to start to know what it's like when we're not clinging, you know? You know, so equanimity, you know, there's some wisdom there of understanding that, you know, if I go into those thoughts, there's going to be, there's going to be pain, you know, and those things outside of the body uh, can't bring a lasting happiness. And uh, uh, so there's this little bit of space uh, and there's this little bit of non-clinging and we begin to bring enough wisdom to the moment, to the present moment, so we begin to start to see that, oh, there is happiness. You know, there is a happiness that's inside. There is a happiness inside. Uh, and we learn to know this happiness, you know, and as I've been talking about over the last few weeks, just moments of happiness that we know when we're able to be in the present moment with a little bit of wisdom, a little bit of space, a little bit of equanimity, a little bit of understanding that if I leave the present moment, it's going to be painful. You know? So we begin to know those little moments of light that kind of make their way through the, the little breaks in the clouds, those little moments of happiness that are in the present moment. We start to pay more attention to those moments. You know? And I think I've paid more attention to those moments of happiness that are there in the present moment, that aren't dependent on things outside of myself. You know, so again, you know, part of that is being forced to kind of look within for happiness because outside, a lot of the opportunities to find the happinesses of the world haven't been so available to me. You know? So to start to look within and not to scoff at those little moments of happiness, but to really start to pay attention to them to really pay attention to those moments of happiness. And, you know, part of that learning is, you know, that those, that happiness is always there inside in the heart. Because again, that's another one of those ideas that sounds really good. You know, that term in Pali uh, that I often use, akaliko, the ever-present truth. You know, the happiness, the Dhamma is part of the ever-present truth. But to really start to know that and to really pay attention to that happiness that's there in the present moment, we begin to really understand that, that it is always there and it is always available to us if we turn to it. And as we turn to it and as we pay closer and closer attention, as we come to know this happiness that is there in the present moment, we begin to understand more and more that it is the greatest happiness there is. And that's another one of those notions that seems wonderful but it's like the greatest happiness there is, is the happiness of peace, the happiness we know in the present moment, you know. But don't you realize what's on Netflix tonight? You know, it's like, but so we don't really quite pay attention. And I think, you know, part of my learning experience this year was paying more attention to that and seeing, you know what? I think the Buddha was onto something. I think it's, it's true. I see that it's true that this happiness inside, this happiness of peace, this happiness that's a kaliko that's there in every moment, is the greatest happiness there is. 